Hello, this is Tim, the lead pastor of Mosaic Portland, and welcome to the Mosaic Portland podcast. We exist to follow Jesus in authentic community for the world. And right now we're gathering Sundays online uh, to worship together and to open up scripture together. And then after that, we have virtual house gatherings that meet all over our city. And the great thing about these is that you can actually join in wherever you're listening from. We think these right now are the best way to be known, to connect with others, uh, and to be on mission together. They're also where we pray together on Sundays in smaller communities, where we take communion together and debrief what the talk was about and engage scripture more. If you want to find out more information of how to be a part of one in this season, you can find out more info on our website, mosaicportland.org. Now let's go to scripture together as we listen to this podcast. Hey, welcome. Uh, it's so good to be with you. My name is Adam. I'm part of the team here at Mosaic. And uh, whether you're watching here Sunday morning uh, for our worship gathering or you're watching sometime later, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, We are in our second week of a teaching series called Simple, where we are looking to scripture uh, to learn and discover these basic habits that connect us with Jesus. And uh, truthfully, all of our lives are are touched by habits, our our habits that affect our physical bodies, uh, like going to bed and brushing your teeth. Uh, habits that affect our emotions, uh, habits that affect our relationships, and there are certainly habits that affect our hearts and these basic habits that can connect us with Jesus. And and so today, as we're sitting with this truth, um, I I want us to, to think about this question. What is God asking from us when it comes to our habits? What is God asking from us? What does he desire from us when it comes to ordering our lives in these rhythms called habits, these things that we do daily or weekly? What is God really desiring? And to bring some insight to this, uh, we're gonna be looking at a passage here in just a few moments out of 1 Samuel. It's a story about a king and a prophet that brings some insight to God's heart towards that question. Uh, but, but we're talking about these, these things called habits that, that seem small, but over a large season of time or, or certainly over a lifetime have massive implications in our lives. Uh, you might remember a few months ago, I shared uh, with you guys um, about my leg injury uh, that happened, one of the causes um, that, that, that causes leg injury was me running and playing with my kids and leaping down the stairs while at the same time trying to turn with a pre-existing condition of almost being 40 and landing and it didn't go well, injury. Um, but, but I later discovered after going to urgent care and having an x-ray done um, that there was actually a habit in my life that was a bigger cause of this leg injury and that was the habit of running. Uh, I like to run. If you know me, you know I run a lot. I, I run by myself. I run with friends. I run on trails. I run on the sidewalk. I run when dogs are chasing me. It's one of my favorite things to do. You might think I'm nuts, but, but I can't help myself. And uh, what I discovered from this injury going into uh, physical therapy is uh, some of the ways that I run, some of the habits that I have when I run were, were just a little bit off. In fact, the physical therapist told me, well, your, your running style's about 98% correct. And if you were just go running once uh, or for a week or for a few weeks or a month, you'd probably be fine. But after years and years of running, the, these habits that are just a little bit off 
have started to have pretty massive implications on your body. And that's the nature of habits. They're these small things that over time influence the outcome of our lives. And we're at a moment right now, uh, it's, it's January 17th. Um, it's that first month of the year where we're, we're thinking about how we want to end the year and what we need to do now to ensure that. And, and we're in a moment where we're thinking about habits a little bit. And certainly on the hills of, of 2020, where many of us might have developed habits we're, we're not wanting to keep, we're thinking about this quite a bit in this moment. In fact, I, I came across this, um, this article in Forbes magazine who had, uh, they had interviewed a lot of people um, regarding their, their habits that they had developed in 2020 during a pandemic, being socially isolated, and what those habits were going to look like in 2021. And some of the habits that were formed, you can guess, were habits like sleeping in way more, uh, staying up a bit later, uh, wearing pajamas seven days a week, those kinds of things. Uh, one of the habits that, that was formed for a lot of people was the increase, actually, of, of consuming alcohol. Uh, more people drinking, uh, people drinking more often, people drinking earlier in the day, and, and people were engaging alcohol as a means of coping with all the realities of 2020 and are now discovering, oh, the, these are becoming habits of my life and are, are going to shape the outcome. So the second half of this article was, was asking these people, what, what are you going to do about these habits that have formed in your life? These habits that are shaping your life. And that question uh, is standing for you and I today the habits that, that, that we are establishing into the ways that we live our lives that have the potential to connect us further with Jesus. Rhythms of life that can connect us further with Jesus. So I wanna look at this, this passage in, in 1 Samuel, this is chapter 15, and it's, it's, it's getting at this question as, as we think about habits of our lives and ways that we're, we're forming and shaping our lives. What, what does God actually want and desire? And to give you back backdrop of what's happening in this story, this is a story um, about a man named Saul who is a king. In fact, he's the first king of Israel. Uh, the people of Israel, um, who are God's nation, they had chosen him, not necessarily because of his character or because of his devotion for God, uh, but because of the prospects of him being a general. Scripture says that he was head and shoulders above everyone else, and, and he seemed like the obvious choice. And, and in this story, he is given an assignment by God to go to some neighboring small nations and to conquer them. And, and in this set setting, when one nation conquers another nation, one of the benefits is they get all the spoils. They get all the riches and the livestock and all of these things. And, and yet in this assignment that God has given, God was very specific to Saul and said to conquer these nations, but take nothing with you. It was a simple request that God had given. And so Saul massed his armies, Israel's army went and they fought these nations. They defeated the nations. And, and at the end of the battle, Saul made the decision to take all the plunder and to take the livestock and to present it as a sacrifice before God. And so God calls his prophet, um, a man named Samuel, to confront Saul in this. And Saul is trying to defend himself, saying, look at this, this amazing gesture of sacrifice that I have made for God. And this is what God tells Saul uh, through his prophet Samuel. And this is 1 Samuel 15, 22. It says this, but Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed 
is better than the fat of rams. In response to Saul's disobeying and choosing to bring the sacrifice that was not asked for and not requested by God, Samuel says, speaking for God, to obey is better than sacrifice. That was God's desire for Saul. It's God's desire for you and I, that we become people who listen to God, who trust him, who trust his goodness, and who follow and obey him, rather than leaning into our own efforts and what we think best, to trust him and to step into simple obedience. This becomes the the bedrock of, of where these habits are formed in our hearts, is simply obeying what the Father has asked of us. This is a, a lesson that, that we typically learn um, somewhere early in life. I, I certainly did many, many times. Um, one that comes to mind was one of my first jobs, uh, kind of out of my, my hometown when I was off at college, I got a job um, at a construction, construction site and I wanted to think of myself as a construction worker, uh, but I was what they called the yard grunt which means I did a lot of sweeping and putting trash away. But in my mind, I had a lot of building acumen and I wanted to do all these things and to build. And I kept doing jobs that I was not actually asked to do and, and actually not doing the things that I was asked to do. And, and one of the foremen, um, it was these three brothers that owned the company, brought me aside and very gently said, if you don't do what we ask and you keep doing these things, I'm gonna fire you and I'm gonna throw a hammer at you. It was very loving and very clear. And, and it was a good lesson. And obedience is better than needless sacrifice because obedience leads towards relational alignment. When we obey, it leads towards relational alignment, relational good standing between one another, between us and God. And, and when we needlessly sacrifice, it leads us towards striving. It leads us towards striving after something. Maybe you can relate with that when it comes um, to our our relationship with God and what it means to follow after him, to to know that sensation of striving, to knowing that that I want a better relationship, that I want to be more connected with Jesus. And yet I I find myself making this overly complex by adding in all these things, all these requirements that seem to make sense to me and things that that I want to incorporate. and, And yet God is just asking for simple obedience. There's actually a lot of freedom in this obedience that he's asking for. Um, James K. Smith, uh, he is a, uh, a New Testament scholar. He is an author that, that has written really impactful books. Many of them have impacted the life of our church here at Mosaic. He, he says this, um, too often we look for the spirit and the extraordinary when God has promised to be present in the ordinary. Meaning too many times we are looking for God in these grand gestures, these, these ways that we want to engage with him that make sense to us and things that, that, that we want to sacrificially bring and what God is asking for is simple daily obedience of following him in the habits and the rhythms of our lives. I'm going to tell you um, about a date that I had with, with my wife, Dana. And this was a, a lot of years ago when we were in, 
in Bible school in Las Vegas. And it was a really special date. Um, she got dressed up and looked gorgeous as she always does and uh, was wearing a, a sparkly silver dress. And I was wearing my best shirt and, and, and tie and fancy pants. And it was a night on the town. We were so excited. I had made us reservations for this five-star exquisite Italian restaurant called Cicero um, that was in the, the downtown Las Vegas Strip. It overlooked the fountains of Bellagio. It was so fountain, or so uh, fancy. We had no business being there. We were 18 and 19. We, we didn't even know, know how to order off the menu. It was all food we didn't recognize. We ended up getting pizza off the appetizer menu. And, and, and it was just this amazing place. And, and from this amazing restaurant, uh, I took Dana on a, a helicopter ride of the city and, and got to see all the strip and, and the desert at night was just beautiful. And then when that was done, we went to the, the Fountains of Bellagio and I had a, some jewelry that I had for her. And, and, and you're probably assuming that what I'm gonna say next is that, that I got down on one knee. And I opened a box and asked her to be my wife. But, but actually, this was our first date. I kind of went for it on this first date. And, and, and it was fun. I, I love the big gesture of a big romantic date. And, and to this day, I love doing those things, having these big gestures and romantic things uh, that we get to do and surprising one another. But, but as I reflect on our, our relationship together as friends, and now we're uh, 18 and a half years married, the thing that has strengthened and it has been consistent throughout our marriage, isn't the big gestures or the big moments or the, the big romantic things. Those are great and those are impactful and important, but, but the thing that's actually carried our marriage and has strengthened our marriage is the really small, everyday mundane habits. Things like, like caring for one another. Things like every day saying, I love you. Things like having short accounts and, and being quick to forgive. These things that, the end of the day might seem really small or in a week might seem really small, but, but over 18 and a half years have had a massive impact on our relationship. This is what God is inviting us into. Not a relationship of strife and needless sacrifice where we're guessing and striving and, 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 and reaching and trying, but, but that of, of real basic obedience expressed as daily disciplines that help connect us with Jesus. This is his desire for us, not complexity, but simplicity of simple obedience. I mean, I, I know what striving looks like in my own life, in my relationship with, with the Father. I know seasons in my life where, where I've chosen not to step onto this path of, of basic obedience and these, these habits of basic obedience and rather have chosen complexity or chosen uh, my own efforts and my own ways of solving my problems and the problems around me to find time and time again, this invitation to his basic obedience of following him through these habits. I want to read um, a passage out of, out of Matthew 11. These are the words of Jesus that, that respond to this, that, that, that are inviting us into this, this relationship of, of basic obedience where we get to experience relational alignment and unity with, with the Father. And, and really, this is the heart behind the habits that, that connect us with Jesus. And before I read this, you're going to hear a word in the first couple of phrases called religion. And, and what is meant by this word here in this context isn't people who have faith or people of religion, but rather a word that captures a, a man's effort at constructing some kind of striving way of connecting with God on our terms rather than accepting his simple 
uh, invitation to obey him and to walk in his ways and his habits. So if you find yourself in that place of striving today or whenever you're watching this, I hope that these words are a sweet invitation to you from Jesus. This is Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30, and I'm gonna read them through the, uh, the message translation. And Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything on you heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The sweet invitation of Jesus not to strive, not to needlessly sacrifice over and over, but to walk with him to learn from him, to embrace his unforced rhythms of grace. And that is a great definition of the habits, the daily habits that Jesus is, is inviting us to walk into. As Tim mentioned uh, last week, the, the habits that we're gonna be focusing on over the next three weeks, um, they're actually really old. <laughs> they're, they're, they're actually ancient habits that that people who have pursued Jesus have been pursuing for years and years. And they're actually habits that, that Jesus modeled himself. And um, as we prepare for these next three weeks and stepping into these habits, I wanna challenge us to do, uh, to do two things. The first is to have the courage and the perseverance to try a new habit. I mentioned to you a few minutes ago that, that I found myself doing physical therapy and I am grateful for physical therapists, but they bring a lot of physical pain. And I went through my physical therapy uh, four or five sessions and got to the last one. And the last one was gonna be with this running specialist. I was so excited. This is a guy um, who's a specialist who's worked with Olympic athletes and, and professional runners. And I was so excited to have this one session with him. And, and I went and they videotaped me running and, and did all these measurements and, and had all this advice and tweaks and things I could do. And I went home that evening so excited to go for a run the next morning. I put on my shoes early in the morning, get my, my, ear, my earbuds going, the music, and I was so excited. In my mind, I'm gonna run faster than I've ever ran, further than I've ever ran, flying down the streets of Vancouver. This is gonna be so exciting. And it wasn't. It was actually really awkward and difficult. This, this forming of new habits worked against old habits and old muscle memory. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't that easy. And it took some time and it took some perseverance. And I'm six weeks in and still working at it, even though starting to see some of the fruit. And, and my first challenge for us as we look at these habits over the next few weeks is to have the courage and the perseverance to cultivate a new habit in your life, to try it more than once, to try it more than just for a week, even if it's ill-fitting at first and, and, and it feels a little cumbersome to, to stick with a new habit. The second challenge I, I have for us today is kind of a simple habit that we can do this week. And it's, it's a simple prayer um, that, that we find in um, Psalms 139. And it's, it's a prayer that invites God into the conversation of how we order our lives, these habits that we're cultivating. 
And I wanna invite you over this next week, if not every day, at least several times throughout the week to take a few moments to pray this prayer before God, bringing him to this conversation of how we're ordering our lives. And so in a moment, this, this is gonna come up on the screen. And if you're on your computer or your phone, take a screenshot. If you're watching this on a TV, get a pencil and jot down the scripture reference. Um, this is Psalms 139, verses 23, and 30, or 23 through 24. This simple prayer says this. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Let's pray together before we go to sing. Jesus, I uh, think about the, this prayer that I just read out of um, Psalms 139, that you would search us, that you would know our hearts, um, that you would, would reveal to us the, the, the ways that we are living, the habits that, that we have embraced that are actually preventing us from growing closer to you. I pray over this, this next few days, even in the next few moments, that, that you would begin to reveal those things to us and at the same time reveal to us the things that you're inviting us into, these unforced rhythms of grace, these ways that we get to walk with you day by day, growing closer to you. We thank you for your grace and we thank you for your patience. In your name, amen.